0: Hello and welcome to the Hacktoff podcast. In today's episode, I've been asked to talk about API security testing. So, penetration testing of application programming interfaces. Um, If that's a new term for you, these are um, pieces of software that are utilized by other pieces of software. So typically, if a system has some data or some special processing that it wants to expose so that other developers can make use of that, they'll do that through an API. So for example, um, Twitter. Twitter has an API where you can uh, read tweets and that kind of thing. So if you're writing some software to perform some processing on tweets, Something like uh, semantics processing, maybe, you know, uh, what do people feel about certain topics, those kinds of things. You could use the Twitter API to, to pull in all of the recent tweets or to search tweets, that kind of thing. Uh, Another case that you might come across uh, a common API, something like um, content management systems. So for example, WordPress has an API where you can programmatically, of course, log in and then post blog posts and those kinds of things. So APIs are really, really useful and uh, frequently used where developers would like to expose functionality or data to other developers. Now, when it comes to uh, penetration testing APIs. It's really very similar to um, testing applications themselves, uh, especially when it comes to web applications. There is some nuance in how we scope them, the effort estimates, the kinds of vulnerabilities that we find and that kind of thing, though. Um, so we'll do a, a quick overview for, the, for those who, who build APIs or maybe using them and curious about how, how we do security testing and how they're different to applications. We'll do a quick run through. And then, of course, at the end, I'll talk a little bit about um, an API getting hacked as an example, because anytime we talk about security, it's really good to point at an example and say, not like that. So I will be talking about uh, Google Plus when it had a security vulnerability in its API that was um, <laughs> interesting enough to, to bring up today. Starting at the very beginning, though, when it comes to... Um, API testing and um, scoping the engagement, uh, approaching the API for working out how long would it take to test. Um, It's actually quite a lot easier than applications themselves, certainly web applications. When you want to know how long a web application would take to test, say for example, a company has engaged us and they want to have a penetration test of their application. We take a look around the application to see how big and how complex it is, how many points of user input does it have, dynamic pages, those kinds of things, and then taking a look for um, complex functionality. So you could understand, of course, that a integer input is going to take uh, less time to test than, say, a file upload functionality or something like that. So we gather up all of these points of user input, judge them based on their complexity, and then there is a metric associated with that where we can put an effort estimate for how long that would take us to test. And as you can imagine, that's quite a manual process. So we have some software tools that can help us run through applications quickly, but to make sure that we haven't missed anything, you know, mapping the application, that kind of thing, it's quite manual. When it comes to APIs though, uh, very often um, APIs have uh, Machine-readable uh, description files, so things like uh, whistle files, Web Services Description Language, or Swagger files, or Open API uh, files, those kinds of things. A description of the API, what endpoints it has, what parameters or inputs those endpoints expect, and it can be really quick and easy for us to work out how big this system is so that we know how long it would take us to test. So that is one of the advantages really of, of APIs. And it's pretty common for APIs to have those uh, documentation, these whistle or Swagger files, because um, they're useful for the developers to know how to interact with that web service and how to interact with that, that API. Um, so that that's a pretty common thing to come across and we can use it for the benefit of penetration testing. When it comes to the kinds of approach that we might use, um, it's really similar to web applications really in such that um, you should look, first of all, what is it you're trying to get out of the assessment? Um, you, you could just send us the URL for your API, you know, api.example.com and say, no, crack on, do a security test, let us know what you find um, in the way that maybe you know, an internet-based threat actor or hacker if you prefer might approach the system, finds an exposed um, service, an exposed um, interface that they can communicate with, and then just starts beating at the door to see if they can find any easy vulnerabilities. But of course, if you are looking to find as many vulnerabilities as you can in the fastest time that you can, because of course being time efficient with consultancy services reduces the price, then that isn't necessarily the best approach. This is where we bring up this idea of, you know, like black box versus white box to use those uh, terms to describe types of testing, where the more information you can give to the assessor, the more information you give to the the pen tester, the, the better. Not only telling them where is the API, like what it says, what's its address, but what endpoints exist, what parameters exist, maybe giving sample requests, um, that kind of thing. It's going to make testing a lot more efficient, and it's a lot more likely, given that level of information about the API and the the depth of understanding that. We're going to find deeper vulnerabilities. We're going to find more interesting vulnerabilities and ultimately going to get more assurance out of that assessment. So just like how we could talk about, you know, approaching web applications from zero knowledge approach right up to, you know, working with the developers and and really getting that granular understanding, same applies to APIs. Um, So what kind of vulnerabilities do we look for then? Well, whenever I talk about web applications, I always bring up the OWASP top 10. I think everybody's heard of the OWASP top 10 by now, but if you haven't, check out OWASP.org. Uh, it's a website that has um, security resources uh, mainly focused around web applications, but there is a API security project. So there is an API security top 10. It's released in 2019, I believe, and it has, as you can imagine, many of the same vulnerabilities that um, applications do, certainly web applications. There is some differences, so I'll give some some similarities and then some contrasts. Um, I I guess the the biggest uh, similarity to jump to is, of course, APIs can be vulnerable to injection vulnerabilities, be it SQL injection, no SQL injection, operating system command injection, that kind of thing. Those can exist too. And within the OWASP top 10, injection is the number one vulnerability. It is A1. Within the API security, it's actually surprisingly uh, number eight. But of course, you've got to remember how uh, OWASP orders these vulnerabilities. It's not necessarily by impact; it's um, impact prevalence and a few and detectability, that kind of thing, to come up with the ordering. So don't don't think they're in um, impact only order. They're, they're not. But injection of vulnerabilities impact APIs as well. Um, One thing to contrast with, you don't typically talk about uh, vulnerabilities like cross-site scripting within the context of APIs. Um, It can be relevant, but cross-site scripting, of course, is a a client-side, a uh, user interface front-end vulnerability. And if you're looking at just the API, then you wouldn't necessarily be talking about cross-site scripting. It can be relevant if the API is being used to create a custom front-end. So just how, for example, a tweet deck is made for Twitter Um, using the the Twitter API. You could talk about cross-site scripting in that context if it's a web interface consuming an API. But if you're just looking at the API, then cross-site scripting becomes less relevant. But there are, of course, all kinds of authentication, authorization issues. Can we access data that we shouldn't be able to access? Can we access endpoints that we shouldn't be able to access? Those kinds of things. So a lot of similarities. Um, Just a few differences when it comes to certainly the front-end side of things. So if you're interested in application programming interface security and you want to know, like, where do we start? How do we make sure that we've, you know, covered the, uh, the fundamentals of what people might refer to as like the low-hanging fruit, but like the common vulnerabilities, checking out the API security top 10 wouldn't be a bad place to start. Uh One additional feature that we might talk about more frequently in the context of apis than we would necessarily applications is things like uh rate limiting so not only can I access a feature but how quickly can I access the feature It does come into uh, the context of applications of course when we look at things like um login interfaces so you know can i can I brute force an interface you might look at rate limiting in somewhere or account lockout something like that but um with um apis there could just be functions that uh, utilize a lot of resources, need a lot of memory, need a lot of CPU time, those kinds of things. And that, if a threat actor is able to just constantly hit that endpoint, might lead to something like a denial of service vulnerability. Um, very often, when talking to penetration testers, we, we don't talk about denial of service vulnerabilities a lot because I think. People, when they think of denial of service vulnerabilities, pretty much always just talk about DDoS, distribute denial of service vulnerabilities, where you have, you know, like a botnet or a huge collection of machines that are just sending lots and lots of traffic to a system to take the system down. But there's other kinds of denial of service conditions. For example, rate limiting. Hit an API interface too quickly, and uh, it, it might take that feature down or that API endpoint uh, down, or even the whole system, depending on how it's architected. So that's uh, something that might become... Uh, more of a talking point when it comes to API security. So, um, whenever we do these uh, these looks at a service line or or a type of security testing, we always like to to give an example as well. So, my um, example of an API security issue was in Google Plus. So, hopefully, everybody remembers Google Plus. That was Google's social network. They found a API bug that could have exposed private profile data for users. Uh, it could have been for you know, 500,000 users, so there's quite a significant uh, amount of information there. The API allowed access to information such as name, occupation, email address, gender, those kinds of things. So some potentially quite personal information there, or uh, information that, if gathered en masse, could have a good impact for a threat actor. The reason that I wanted to bring this up, other than it's just a good example of an API vulnerability, though, was um, Google's uh, statement about the the issue. So Google said, we believe it occurred after launch as a result of the API's interaction with the subsequent Google Plus code change. No evidence that any developer was aware of this bug was found. No evidence that they were abusing the API. We found no evidence that any profile data was misused. So yes, there was a bug. Yes, it could allow somebody to access all of this potentially you know, like private information, but they had no evidence that it had been uh, misused. However, uh, Google also said that they couldn't determine which users were impacted by this bug because the API was designed to keep logs for only two weeks. So that's another thing to consider. Just like with the uh, web application OWASP top 10, the A10 vulnerability is insufficient logging and monitoring. It is for the API security top 10 as well. A- API 10 is insufficient logging and monitoring. So yes, there's you know security vulnerabilities you could talk about, talk about injection vulnerabilities, talk about um, object level access, be it broken object level authorization, or be it something like insecure direct object reference. But of course, um, you need logging and monitoring as well. You need to know who's accessing what and when so that you can do good auditing. And that's it. That's my overview of application programming interface security testing. Um, Thanks for listening to this episode, and I will see you in the next podcast.